0: love talk radio chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent artists seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers we host honest conversations that help to guide and empower artists speak your truth and set yourself free let your voice be heard hi everyone it's chatting with Nat it's Natalie Jean today we have the honor of having country Americana singer-songwriter, Levi Moore. An award-winning country Americana singer-songwriter with multiple nominations for both Artist and Vocalist of the Year, including being named the 2021 Georgia Country Awards no, Male Artist of the Year, following being a top six finalist in 2020. Levi Moore presents his music with an easy, straightforward sound and a smoothly honest baritone voice. As a writer, the sincerity and and his often introspective songs can be traced back to legends like Alan Jackson and Gordon. Let's give him a round of applause. Hi, Levi. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me on.
0: I'm alive I'm
1: doing okay and
0: no, it's my honor to have you on. I've known you for a while. I had to have you on um how have you been doing uh this past let's see cray cray crazy past three years crazy
2: <laughs> oh, it has it has been nothing nothing short of crazy uh, That message for sure. but uh i you know, honestly i've been i've been I've done reasonably well, I think. Um, I know last year I was very, really busy, perhaps perhaps some of the busiest I've, I've been. Um, and also, uh, this, so far this year it's shaping up to to be be real good. And that, that's all I'll say about it at this point because I said the same thing at the beginning of, uh, beginning of twenty twenty, right? It, <laughs> it went it went <laughs> south in a hurry. Well,
0: you know <laughs> so. it was like, it was a little uh, pandemic thing elections, George floyd, the world just turned upside down
2: um oh it, uh, you know well people are just you know, everything is so people are pulled straight so thinly these days, pulled in a million different directions at once and,
0: yeah you know,
2: um, it's, uh, it's it's hard on everybody,
0: yeah, yeah, no you know this is the one time we all can say that we all been through the same thing. The the world, the entire world has been through the same thing. So everyone, you would think, would understand, you know, how everybody's feeling out there in this, um, mm -mm. (laughs) and what we've been through. You know, uh, every morning I wake up, I have to pinch myself to see if we're not in the 1930s, 1940s, because you really wouldn't think that something like this would happen in uh, uh, 2020. 2021, 2022, Um, COVID has decided to have some babies. The babies have had decided to have some cousins. So it's just, you know, can't wait for the day that we're just so done with all of this. It's kind of crazy. So one of the questions I like to ask people that come on here is this. Um, So during all of this, obviously the pandemic is a con, (laughs) Um, There were deaths, people have lost limbs, people have lost friends, family members, you name it. But there are pros to uh, the pandemic. Um, One of the things that I've seen, which is crazy for me around here, is family members walking outside together. Because before the pandemic, you didn't see a lot of that. Um, There are colleagues of mine that decided to cut back on work because they realized that they weren't spending enough time with their families. You have the pollution level actually went down when we weren't out in the streets mm-hmm. so the animals and the trees were just like oh this is great i hope they don't come back um then i read several articles about people deciding to quit their jobs because one of the things that made people realize is that you know obviously we need money to survive but it's almost better to do something that you love rather than you something that you're just doing just to not just to pass the time but just to, uh, to make money and artists right. um a lot of artists that i, I interviewed um, said that uh, they either decided to rebrand, they decided they wanted to be more of an effective player in life. Um, a lot of changes uh, decided, uh, to, people had decided to make a lot of changes in their lives or they decided to say that there was a lot of self-reflection. So during this time, did you take time to self-reflect? Did you change anything? Um, are you still the same? What do you want to present out to the world with your artistry?
1: I think,
2: I mean, I I think it's virtually impossible in a situation like that, and and, and, for for people not to not to change to some degree, right? And and I think it's a good thing to 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 uh, allude for a minute back to what you were saying, you know, about people reevaluating their their. The reason why they work, or the jobs they have, and and why they do what they do, to spend time with family and things like that. And I think from time to time, uh, in this case, it was the world, mm-hmm. but many times in, in many different areas and to, and degrees, the people as a whole, we need those little moments of of, of challenge or right. uh, hardship to to. To force us to reevaluate, right? And and I mean, as we we've talked about before, uh, uh, and we both know as as our, all artists know it. You you don't grow very much if you're not re- in in a comfort zone, right? Okay. You you have to. I mean, there's moments where you step onto a a a little bit bigger stage than you've been on before. Those you know, those are your the moments where the most 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 growth happens, right? And um, and of course we'd we'd all like to be able to to have those moments on our own uh, our own terms, you know, such as stepping onto a stage, something that we've worked for. But sometimes it comes along just like the pandemic did. Uh, right. It, it it sneaks up on everybody and, and blindsides everybody, and and you're you're forced into doing it. Right. And um, so. Yeah, I, I went through, I went through, I know as, just as an artist, uh, I I started doing some live videos and my little sunset sessions because I've I'm, I'm mm-hmm. been very fortunate with where I live and and the sun set right perfectly behind me that time of year. And, and I started doing them through two or three, four nights a week and and developed a, a decent little following on, online and, and eventually it got my little community of neighbors and and people would start, they were going stir crazy. And so they'd all bring their little golf carts over to and park out in the yard and, and just listen. And, and I'd play to to the live video and, and uh, people in the yard listening and, and hanging out and keeping their distance, of course, but, but just getting out of the house and doing something and seeing other human beings. Um, and it, it really helped me grow as as being able to interact with people and feeling more comfortable on stage, talking and 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 sort of stepping, getting out of my head, and stepping back wow. for myself a little bit, and just feeling. And I grew quite a bit doing that. Right. And and of course, you know, when you I was I was fortunate being down here in Georgia and South Carolina. They've not been as as stringent in in and, and as hesitant to go back to uh, somewhat of a, a normal status,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Because I was able to go back to work relatively quickly um, in the summer of 2020. But it, it was, I know for me and, and all the artists I talked to, we and, and had so much more fun going back. It was a renewed sense of, oh yeah, this is <laughs> this is why we do this. Mhm. And it was not just for the money, not just for being out and about, but I mean, we enjoy playing for folks and and having people sing along and making people happy, and, and it was it was for me, yeah, it was uh, rejuvenating in in a lot of ways. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, it's it's. It's, just, it's It's been so topsy-turvy. This whole pandemic thing has brought out um, a lot of, for me, a lot of realness in people. There's a lot of things I didn't know a lot of that I learned during the pandemic and the rest of all the other crap that we were going through <laughs> during this time. Um, you know, there's, ah, there's some friends I still have and some friends I don't. That's just life. Right. Hey, well, them.
2: it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, that's part of it. it. It takes again. I mean, that's that those little uh, times of, of hardship.
3: Yep.
2: You know, and I use that use that term loosely, but uh, sort of that uh, in this in this sense, a uh, sort of a an umbrella of sorts, umbrella term of sorts. But those right. times of hardship is where you you do you find out both what. Oftentimes, what what you are made of and what other folks are made of. Amen to that.
3: Yeah.
2: It's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's It's, it's not. It's, I mean, you always hope for the best, but you 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 never really know until you get into those situations, and it's important to know.
0: Hallelujah.
2: <laughs> Amen to that. It's, it's, you know, I I, 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 there's been a, there's been a lot that has changed in in the world. Mm. Um. Yeah, I wish we would. Of course, I wish a lot of things would. People's tensions weren't weren't so high.
3: <laughs> and,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that'd be
3: nice. That'd,
2: that'd be nice. <laughs> it it yeah, would be well. I mean, there's there's so many things that. You know, there was there was a, a moment there when the pandemic started, and a few little moments throughout it that people, as happens with with those little t- in those times of hardship, they they sort of forget the rest of it. You know, right. we, we were okay. Well, we're going to get through this together, and we're going you know do this right. and do that all the. And then it was that didn't last very long because it was.
3: No immediate
2: immediate immediately politicized as everything is these days um you know so that's been my my main pitch in in talking with people lately is rather than me whether it's my family or or friends or or whoever uh, i find myself discussing such things with is is you know whether or not different different viewpoints are fine and are necessary. It's you know it's, it's your ability to uh, a person's ability to to listen and and think and consider respectfully. Right. Another another side. Right. and right. And be willing to change. Be be willing to open to the possibility that and and you know me. I'm 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 pretty. I'm, I'm usually pretty. Uh, i sure of my stances on things. Right. But in order to have open conversations like that, you do have to be willing to uh, to accept the, the notion that you might be wrong.
0: Yeah, you have to be open. You know,
2: <laughs> as you know foreign what? as that concept seems, that <laughs> person might, you might be mistaken. There may be, and, and no, not through any fault, that's the thing. I mean, what people forget it's not through any fault of 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 uh, uh, one individual or one group. It could very, very possibly and most likely be simple ignorance. To a yeah. which is is oftentimes used as a demeaning term, but it, it's not at all. A person cannot have a true ignorance if you just have not experienced something. You you can't. I mean, it's impossible to have that particular point of view on something and that, ha- that has to be taken into account when you're talking about things especially important things with people is, is that their the perspective that they uh, and, and that they view things from either from their previous experiences or from experiencing that which is at hand right are going to be different
1: right
0: right Um, It's interesting because I was being interviewed or having a discussion on a show and a caller, uh, not a caller, somebody on Facebook was asking a question and they said, you know, they asked me, well, how do you deal, how is an artist supposed to deal with um, something that they create that may offend somebody? And, you know, and I told the person, we are living in a world where you could say boo, and that might offend somebody. The, uh, the world has become extremely sensitive. Yes, there are certain things that are very sensitive to some people and not to some others. That's just life. But we've come to a place where certain things, I mean, you could just clap your hands. Oh, no, you can't clap your hands that way. That's the wrong way to clap. You know, people just are very sensitive. So I told the person is that your narrative. You can create whatever you want. Like I told them, I'm not the type for, I don't like the N word, period. I don't care who's it. I don't yeah. like it. I don't need to hear it when it's um, when it's in a song or anything like that. And I and I ride the Peloton every day and there's some songs that they play and they and, and it's on there. And I had to grin and bear it. <laughs> um, but it's not my favorite thing. But I can't tell somebody not to do something, especially when it comes to artistry. You know, if there's something mm-hmm. that you need then it needs to come out and blah, 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 do your thing. I said, in this world today, no matter what you do, somebody will always find something to say that you offended them with. This is what I see. Right. This is what I understand. Yeah. And if a person gets offended by something that you do, I said, there's a turn-off button. There is a turn-off button. They don't have to listen to music. They don't. They could turn you off and go to something else. But there are going to be people that are going to gravitate towards you. They're going to love what you're doing. You know, you can't conform to other people's needs.
2: No, I, I think that I, 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 I absolutely agree with you, and, and I think that's I think that that's an an important point for people to remember. We we live in a world where we're inundated with social media and. And um, a barrage of opinion and judgment and uh, right. all sorts of things at, at all times. And it, you know, I, I know for for me when I'm, it seems I have no no interest in. I try to do my best not to to be respectful and and
3: mm-hmm.
2: and Mindful of everyone,
0: right? I
2: try to. You know, be and, and deal with people on a on an individual basis, which I know we've talked about before. I mean, because that's when you when you get into to grouping people together, mm-hmm. that is the the basis of stereotypes and right and, and things like that. And it's it's easy to do, but it's it's wrong to do and you, right. you rob whenever you do that no matter how well-intentioned it may be or how secure you or how right you feel in doing or correct you feel in doing that kind of thing right or that it could not correct in doing it but that, that there's no no harm done in doing
0: it right you,
2: it, it, there's it's, it's impossible to not by virtue of, of Grouping a large people into one group, you miss so much of the the magic of what is what what people are, what individuals are. Right. I mean, yeah. Every there's. I mean, I can't even think of of anyone I know or very many people I know that that I just love everything there is about them. Exactly. <laughs> You know, exactly. And I think everybody is is that way. I mean, there's there's, but man, if you if you go through that and and, and they ha- and people have to check off a, a the boxes on a list
3: mm-hmm. in
2: order for you to, to to meet them or appreciate them, well, you it's very difficult. you've hardly given them a chance.
0: That's right. That's right.
2: I agree. I mean, it's, it's and that's you know, there was a time. Not very long ago, when it was considered extremely rude and in, in, improper
3: mm-hmm. to
2: discuss health and politics and religion, right, and stuff like that, in, in in out in public or in an unsolicited manner, right. And that's that was not that long ago, but in in today's world, it has become almost a a litmus <laughs> test to see it, to see if you're compatible with someone.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, that
2: you, and that's not yeah you know, that that's nothing impossible circumstance because you it, it goes back to the uh, perspectives and and their own life experiences and things. Right, that is so true. And so it's never going to be the same, and and that's right. Anyway, that's yeah. That's right.
0: Now uh, uh. <laughs> let's talk about Levi Moore, the, the musician here. So, what was it about music that you were just like, okay, Levi Moore? Not, Levi Moore and music needs to go together. Was it something that you saw, you heard? What happened in your life where you were like, okay, music's my thing. I want to make a career out of it.
1: Um,
2: there were several little moments along the way. Um. The the first one, the, where it, it went from being just something I enjoy doing and a hobby nice. to, hey, maybe this is something I can do. Nice. It's been, oh, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago now, I guess. I was 20, 23, so 11 years ago, and I was right out of college. And I had a good friend of mine who was a teammate of mine in college who taught me my first three chords and he was there at key moments. So he's the one that said, Hey man, sounding better. I think, you know, I think you're about about ready to go to, to an open mic, which is, you which is a big, that was a, that's always a big step going from, you know, playing at home to stepping out into to your first open mic in front of people. Right. And, and he got me started and then he was there to encourage me on that. And we, we were, we were done with football and out of school, and, and we decided, well, my dad had a a real good friend of his from, from years ago that was a songwriter in Nashville and had been for quite some time. And we go, well, let's, let's drive down there and let's just, the two of us, head down to Nashville for a couple of days and, and meet with him and see what, see what he has to say and just mm-hmm. go have fun. Right. And we did, we had a blast, and, and that was, I mean, we, we set up, with soon as we got into town, it was cold and blustery, but because we were, you know, 23-year-old kids from southern Missouri, we put on a coat and grabbed our guitars and went and stood on some random corner off of Broadway, I think, and <laughs> played a few songs, and, man, earned a couple dollars. All right. uh yeah uh, I mean... So, I mean, we were freezing and nobody was out and everybody was in a bad mood. And so, (laughs) so, so it wasn't, it was, but it was fun. We felt we had a good time. Right. Um, but then we went and the next, next morning we got up and went and had our meeting with the fellow and each of us played a few songs for the, for the man. And I mean, decidedly, my, my friends were, were much, much better than, than mine but uh, I was very new into songwriting and just just scratching the surface of trying to put rhyming words together in a decent meter. Um, but he really he complimented me on on the tone of my voice at the time and say, "Man, you get you know you've got a great great tone, great sound. Just keep keep writing, keep playing, keep working at it. I think there's there's something you're not there yet, but you know, you you've got something, right? You know that's marketable, and and all of a sudden, you know, that was sort of a light bulb moment. I said, "Well, okay, well, maybe." Um, <laughs> so I went back home. I I continued. We that was really the extent of our our meeting. Nothing, nothing magical happened. We just had a good time, and but it set me on a course. Or began to set me on a course and I I got back got back home started writing and playing more and more got a few more introductions and opportunities and not too much longer than about a year or so after that was when I started I went to work in the oil field because because I had sort of been by that previous experience in Nashville and with a few other things I had been I had been bit by then, you know, by the music bug. And I was my degree is in animal science and um I was working, training horses and working a couple of cattle ranches and, and things like that and but I was getting antsy. Right. I was twenty three, coming twenty four and and getting I was getting getting antsy, sitting around small towns and Southern Missouri, and not really. So, man, there's this is definitely not what I want to <laughs> spend my time doing. Right. I was play. I was playing a few weekend gigs at at um, a cool little bar called Times Lost, which I, I think is closed up shop now, unfortunately. But in a couple other places that were nice to nice enough to let me come in and make racket. Um. After I got to the oil field. Because I left from the time I I sent sent off an application, I drove down and my application was well received. So I drove down and met the manager, talked with him for uh, an evening, and packed my bags and left. It was all in the span of about three days or ten days. It, it was it was a very quick thing. I was ready ready to go. Right. But and I didn't. I figured so, well I'll I'll keep playing. I mean, I'll play. I'll just move down. To, I moved down to uh, right around, around Conway, Arkansas, and well, I'll find places to play, do something. But I got we got busy, and right. it was about six or eight months before I did a whole lot more than pick up my guitar.
3: Hmm.
2: I didn't play. Any, I I played no shows. Didn't I wrote no songs. I didn't do anything. I barely picked it up for the at least. Six months and probably the better part of a year,
1: right?
2: And then I I don't even recall exactly how I, how I met the fellow. I don't know uh, somewhere somewhere out and about, and we got talking about music. And I said, "Well, we're having a little jam session. If you want to come come join us, um, play a few of your songs and." Sort of like a uh, open mic jam session kind of thing. I'm
1: sorry, well, yeah,
2: I'd love to. So I went, I went back and polished. it uh, Tried to remember a couple of my songs. Got my guitar in tune. and I took off, hmm. and I went down there. And, and when I pl- that was when it set in. I had so much fun playing and just being around music and and listening and and singing my songs and and trying and couple of cover songs that I enjoyed doing at the time and and when I got when I left out of there on my drive home that was uh was okay. After a eight eight month drought
1: right
2: of not playing at all uh, it, it it hit me like a ton of bricks and said, okay, this is mm-hmm. a, I'm not gonna give this up anymore. Right. You know, music's always I'm always gonna play I'm always going to do something. I'm not going. I'm not going to bury this away any longer. And so from then, I went to. After that, we we we've talked about that in the past. Uh, yeah. My schedule in the oil field. We were so busy. I mean, because the type of work I was doing was a twenty four seven kind of thing, uh-huh. rather than a two weeks on, two weeks off arrangement. We were working all the time, and so. There was an open mic at a very cool bar called The Afterthought in Little Rock. Okay. And I would, I would drive down, and they had a really neat open mic. I met some really wonderful people, and I, I hope I can go back and reconnect with them and, and play some music because they had a, they had a profound impact on on what I was playing and and, and, and encouraging me to continue playing. And to build on that idea that, hey, this is, you know, something you should pursue. And it was it was so much fun. I would just, I'd, I'd, I would call the man who was running the open, it was on Wednesday night. I'd call him sometime Wednesday afternoon and sh- see what time slot I could get in at, you know, 10, 10 o'clock, 10.30, you know, 11 o'clock at night, something. And I would get home from work around 8.30. Right, get cleaned up and take off and drive as quickly as I could down to the bar and run in there, talk to a few folks, and and you got to play two songs, maybe three on on a rare night if it was slow. Most nights you got two songs. And I'd play my two songs and then hang out and listen to people and and talk to folks for a while, and I'd drive back home at 1 o'clock in the morning and wake up at 4 o'clock. Then go back to work, but that I did that I do that every week for probably a, a year and a half Wow um and that was that was my that was all the time I had i mean that was sort of the extent of my my music in those days was just going and playing a couple of songs <laughs> um. And I was I mean we just we just worked all the time, so there was no time to book anything, and I couldn't even if I did have time it, we it, because it was we were on call twenty four seven I couldn't actually book anything because I might get called into work right and, and so finally, it came time to get out of that and and so I'm gonna pick somewhere to go, I knew I wasn't ready. I've had plenty of people ask me since I've been down here on the coast playing, so why didn't you go to Nashville or something?
3: Hmm.
2: And I, I, I wasn't ready. I would have been, I would have been swallowed (laughs) in Nashville. I hadn't, I had no, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was nowhere near ready vocally or nowhere near ready as a songwriter.
1: Right.
2: And so I said, you know, this, I'm going to go up there and just waste my time. I need to go somewhere and and work, practice, develop develop my craft a little bit more. And I'd always I I was born in Savannah and I I hadn't I'd only been back from the time I left Savannah to the time I came back for the first time was twenty five years or so, and I said, well, I want I think I want to go back to the coast. Um, hang it, hang around Savannah for a while. i would always been sort of pulled, felt like I was pulled down this way, right. And so I got very fortunate with a nice place to to live. It's it's a beautiful spot, and I, I threw myself into playing music, and it's that's all I've done since I've been down here for the last about five years now. Yeah. And
0: that's wonderful. I mean, you know, I'm trying to follow in your footsteps, do music full time now. Mine is, you know, I record music, and um, I've been so gung ho about going out and performing. I should be, but you know, I do perform, um, and a lot of people are calling me to do live streams. But um, I do love music. Um, that's the one thing. You know, when I asked the question about, you know, self, uh, introspection. During the pandemic, I really thought about okay, this is the opportunity to leave my job um, for many reasons, and to really um, try to do this music thing because that's what makes me happy. Plus, when I got sick, my brain just went flu Um, What? How important is it for you to be authentic in your songwriting and your music and your playing?
2: It, it's it's. Has become increasingly important to me. It, it started off being sort of the the end all be all because I, I grew up, as as, as mentioned in the, in, in that bio, you know, in the introduction, is I grew up listening to you know, uh, not so much country, but but Gordon Lightfoot and Bob Dylan and and you, you're the quintessential songwriters, the storytellers. You know, and there was so much realism in what they did, and what was happening in the world, and around them, and their own life experiences, and things like that. And right. then you have Alan Jackson and Marl Haggard and Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, all those guys—the legends of country music. Well, that's what they wrote about. I mean, they wrote about what they did and what was happening to them. And and those songs are still around. They're still around today, and they're still loved and cherished today
0: right
2: and and the songs from the songwriters in, in back in the 60s and 70s when there was so much another time of of great social movement and change and unrest yeah they 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 song they were songs that were written from the heart about what was what was happening and they were still around and amazingly still a, many times appropriate for can be applied to what's happening today. Right.
0: Right.
1: Very true. Very true.
2: And, and, you know, I take one of the best examples, or at least the first example off the top of my head, is uh, for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield.
3: Mm.
2: You can take that and every word of it can apply to any given situation today.
3: Yep. It's true. Very true.
2: So... That was my to, to to answer your question that because of those being my primary influences and they that was it became very important to me to 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 write in a similar fashion because it's what I related to and as a, the, it was interesting to me because I, I started out very much. Doing that very, very much wanting to write stories, story songs and what I felt. And, what I, and one of the right. earliest songs I wrote was uh, uh, What I Wouldn't Give, which is a song I loved. I, I haven't played it in a long, long time. I'm not sure if I even remember all of it now. But I, I did get the chance opportunity early on to, while well, I was living in Arkansas at the time,
3: okay. to go
2: into Nashville and, and record it as a demo track. And, but during the discussion, we were, it was a long song. It was something like four and a half, five minutes. And I said, well, we like the song. Can we cut it down? To, can you cut it down to three and a half minutes? Right. And I, I tried. And hmm. I, you know, I chipped away at it and tried, but I kept feeling like I was losing some authenticity. I wasn't telling the story and what I was, it wasn't conveying what I wanted to by cutting pieces out of it. And so I finally just said, no, I think I'll just, you know, just leave it the way it is. And so that's what, that's that's what we did. And so early on, it's even early on, I was pretty, pretty uh, stubborn about my, uh, the way I wanted my songs portrayed. Right. But then... As I started playing out more, and, and once I got down into Savannah, so this has been in the last five years or so, and I started playing out more. I felt myself shifting, sort of somewhat by necessity, to to play in what people wanted to hear. Because I'm playing yeah. bars yeah. and and resorts and tourist spots. You know, you, you want you want take requests. You you try to match the vibe of of the place that you're playing. So by just naturally, you you, I started playing more what I thought people wanted to hear. Right. And since that reached a a peak where I felt like I was I was losing something, and I was I was playing what folks wanted to hear, but not really things that I connected to. Hmm. And connected with, and so it started to shift back for me. Right. Um, I started rearranging my sets and playing things that that I either enjoy playing and my song and writing in my songwriting things that that were going on in the world, like like the song "Who Are We."
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And. You know, and that was—I wrote that very much. That was in the midst of that shift in my my songwriting and, and artistic paradigm, trying to get back to and, and vocally too, as I was trying to learn to be a better vocalist. I was spent so much time focusing on how I was singing something and trying to make it sound better and better and do it, the, the, you know, uh, more and more correctly. Right, that I began to lose touch with singing it authentically. Right, and that, and so I started as as I was. That was that song was very much in that that shift of of trying to sort of reconnect with writing and singing and playing the way that I wanted to, and that I felt something was uh, that I really had something to convey and write something that was more important than just something to tap your foot to.
0: Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, authenticity is very important. One of the things I keep telling people is that during the pandemic, people were tired of everything that said, oh, this is fake news. They wanted to gravitate towards something that they could believe in. They wanted hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: we're tired of yeah. fakeness. And so I think a lot of people got a chance to let us listen to a lot of independent artists. You know, in my opinion, a lot of independent artists write from the soul and the heart, they're more authentic than a lot of these mainstream artists out there. Um, we tend to write our own music. It's only us. You know, there's mainstream artists that right. have 12, 12, songwriters to one song, which is ridiculous. Nobody's getting paid on that. Um <laughs> That's it's just stupid. I just don't understand why they do that. Now I'm going to play your song. I wish I had a hometown. Tell tell us what that's about.
2: Well, as of uh, that's that's quickly become. I, I wrote that song. Uh, speaking of co writes I did have a couple of co-writers on the, on this one.
3: Okay. Uh, it was
2: a uh, uh, it was a notion that I had. I brought to the right. Uh-huh. I had. I had a good bit of of what what became the chorus already done and the melody done, but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do with it.
3: And mm. what,
2: you know how I think I what I had what is now the chorus was originally a verse and and things like that. And so I wasn't sure where to, where to go. I knew it, I I felt like it was something worthwhile and that had potential as a song, um, but I, I just had no no clear sense of direction. And so I brought it into into a right with uh taylor Marie wagner and mm. stephanie ryan and we sat down and 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 worked on it and it, and it quickly became it, it immediately became one of my favorite songs that i have uh just because as i sort of alluded to in, in the conversation we, i moved around quite a bit started starting right. savannah bounced around the southeast georgia florida south carolina wound up in southern missouri then moved to arkansas now i'm back in savannah and through all that i never really felt like i had i was quiet and reserved and didn't make friends really easily and, and usually about the time i finally started opening up and making friends the circumstances just dictated that it was time to move Right. And and so I never really felt like I had the the connection in that little core group of friends, you know, that you're friends for life or you got all these memories of growing up and hanging out all through school and everybody learning how to drive together and
0: Right and
2: bonfires, all that stuff. I mean I have a few of those moments, but not that you know, the guys that I played little league started in playing little league football and then you know, all the way up through our last senior game together. Kind of thing. I, as I I wish I had that sometimes. Sometimes I'm glad I don't.
3: Hmm.
2: But right. Uh, and so this song was. It, it, it has many of those elements in it. Um, it's just a. It's an honest song about. For for me is is. You know, it's, it's, even though it was a co-write, it's very much a song that's. Personal to me, and and. That it's. It is exactly something that I I uh, very much relate to and wish that I, I did have at times. Right.
0: All righty. Well, let's play it here.
1: The front door, the same old chair on the front porch, a red bicycle and a baseball cap. I'd be alright with having that. I wish I had a few old friends to reminisce on where life began. Everybody by the way. i
3: thank you
0: now you have a an album coming out soon tell us about that
2: well yes uh that that's part of the that that song is is i, I think the i think the lead off song and so it it was it started off as uh as mostly an, an acoustic project with um uh, partnering with Tom Cooler, who's a, a, a staple in the Savannah music scene, and, and runs the the Savannah Songwriter Series, which a um, group some uh, a great collection of, of some of the the really talented singer songwriters in in Savannah. They get together once a month and and have a do a writers round somewhere to your Nashville rights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't believe it's affiliated with, like the 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 Nashville the national Nash- international association singer songwriters and stuff, but uh, it's something similar to that. Okay. And writers in the round kind of thing. Mm. And think different people on every week, but he's been he's been doing that for years. Been playing down here, uh, very well known, well respected in the area. And then yeah, we recorded at a local studio here that was our. Eddie Rocks is our sound engineer on that, and it just our, it's just, it's an acoustic album, it was something, we wanted, we just wanted something to, to get some songs together and, 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 and started, Right. and then, of course, Eddie got carried away with that song, we all like that song, he, so he wanted to start adding stuff in, and and uh having having fun with it and so that so now it's a hybrid between an acoustic thing and, and some some additional effects and and i also think that it that song in particular is one that is um uh, real high on the list as far as being revisited and really mm-hmm. take our time with it and dig into it right. um uh, but yeah, that 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 EP, I have the physical copies of it now, and I'm I'm selling them at the, some of my shows and, oh. and passing them out here and there. It's a, it's a five song five song EP, and we're still waiting on on the digital All to right. get a confirmation on the digital release. Right. But of course, as soon as I have that, I'll I'll pass that inform that information along and. I'm looking, I'm looking very forward. It's been a long time coming. I'm looking forward to having yes, it. Yes,
0: it has. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
2: no. uh, I've been
0: asking you for years now. Okay, Lisa, when are you releasing some uh, music? Mm. It's
2: been 100 well, years. I well, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm trying to. i just, I just, uh, here, within the last week, I've been talking with uh, Mr. Tom about a uh, getting together and beginning in probably late March, early April, putting together mm-hmm. a, a summertime EP. Mm. Like, oh. uh, I've got I have more song, another side of my songwriting that it, it is this a little more fun, more up tempo and, and le- less uh, less heavy duty, and so I want to put together another five or six song uh, EP and, and put that out for the summer.
0: Well, and I can't. Wait. I would like to You're on a roll. On a roll. You went madly. Yeah, I'm not. The songs not ready. You know me. Blah blah to one album out, then another EP out. I love it. Well,
2: <laughs> I love. Uh, it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the worst. I mean, 'cause I have I have the song that we worked that I worked on in Nashville about a, about a year, a little over a year ago. And and I I I love it. It's one of my very favorite songs that I wrote with with uh, Stephanie Ryan, who I mentioned earlier, who has a, a great collection of music and, and big things happening for her as well. And 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 I I love. It. It's called Let's Go Out Tonight, and I love the song. There's just a couple little things that I <laughs> that I wish I could tweak and and change,
3: I'm not sure.
2: uh, but. It, but it's just mastered now. And so, uh, so now I've got it. I just need to, I guess I really need to think? kick it out at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Now, uh, tell me about your experience at NMARC Arena and Riley Green.
2: Oh, yeah. That was, uh, matter of fact, just, just a couple of days ago, this past Sunday night. Now, mm-hmm. it was, it, it came about sort of unexpectedly. I had, I had been playing a gig in, in Savannah at, at a at a rooftop place and and I, at the end of the night this fella came up and he introduced himself and we exchanged business cards and, and he was the, the manager or entertainment manager for a a different venue. And he said, Well we'd we potentially we'd love to have you come and come and play there. Mm. Uh, which is a great, great venue in Savannah, and I, w- I would love to play there. That it never did come to fruition, right? But we stayed in contact, and then a couple months ago, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, we've got you know, this end this market arena. It's a really nice. It's built right outside of Savannah. It's the the Riley Green show was the first show there. Um, it's, it's brand new." It's, it's not really big, but it's a really nice venue. Um, they're they've got quite a few major shows booked. I think Morgan Wallen is coming in the next nice. next few couple of months, anyway. Uh, Keith Urban. They've got the Eagles. I think are coming by coming stopping in. Right. So they, they have quite a lineup established already. And it was uh, he reached out and he said, "Well, hey, we got." Ed Market Arena is is getting ready to get started and then Riley Green is playing. And would you be interested in we're looking for someone to play uh, like a pre party. Mm. Um so would you be interested in are you available and interested? <laughs> yes. <laughs> on <laughs> on both counts, of course. Um <laughs> so I uh I, I jumped jumped on that on that opportunity and and they've been they've been wonderful to work with. We had a blast, and Mr. Tom Cooler again he helped me with, with working my sound and stuff like that. Because and and the idea behind it is really a great idea. I think uh, after after talking with you know, being there, it's a really, it's a really cool space. They're still developing it and working on on getting everything lined out just right, but they're the by late spring early summer, they want to have everything finished up and the the concept is which is new to me and then uh, you, i mean please tell me if you've heard of anything
3: mm-hmm.
2: like it but this whole pre-party idea there had there of course they, you have your concert like i think Corey smith opened for for riley green and then there was a I, I i'm drawing i i hate it i'm drawing a complete blank on who is the the first opener there's two opening acts and I hate i hate that but <laughs> um it but happened. the idea is before you know you have your you have your, your primary act and your opening acts and the, the main right. touring touring act come through. But while everybody is queued up outside and, and hanging out and waiting to get in the doors like they do, everybody mm-hmm. just gets there and waits for a couple hours to get in, they they want to turn it into an actual event unto itself.
3: Oh. It's a pre
2: party thing. And they have, have their you know, food trucks and beer vendors and have live music outside. And just sort of turn it into very almost like a like a, a a college tailgate kind of thing. Yeah. Before a football game, which I think is a brilliant idea.
0: No, that is smart.
2: It, it it's a, it's a ton of fun and it was cold and, and dreary <laughs> and nasty Sunday Sunday afternoon by Savannah standards at least.
3: <laughs>
2: but we had a we had a blast and it and it especially being as cold as it was, and which is, I, I'll probably get grief for uh, elaborating on it, but it's, it was I don't, right around 40 degrees or so, but kind of rainy and gray right. and just generally nasty. And down here on the coast, uh, that, that kind of weather gets cold and awful in a hurry.
3: Right, because
2: of the humidity, it's the same reason that eighty-five degrees down here can feel like a uh, just a, a blanket. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so that flip side is also also true, where it forty-five, forty degrees can can feel just just miserable. In that circumstance, it was I was freezing, but I was having a blast right. playing. And it made it made the wait outside for people while they're waiting to get inside it made it much more bearable. I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's something to um, have fun. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, but it was just a really it, it all worked out great. It really was an honor for me to to be a part of a, a brand a brand new arena, major major event arena, at their their opening weekend, opening show, and to be associated with. A, a cool establishment like that and and Riley Green who's one of my favorite favorite country artists these days is just was a, a tremendous opportunity and I'm yeah. so thankful to have been a part of it
0: awesome awesome and I'm sure there's more opportunities to come now you also won 2021 Georgia Country Awards Male Artist of the Year and you were in the top six finalists in 2020. Now you're becoming a true star. <laughs> I remember <laughs> you were a little um, uh,
2: Well, I don't know how that, I'm not real <laughs> sure how all that came about. Uh, again, that's another one things I'm, I'm extremely honored and appreciative to, to have been included in the lineup and to have made the, the been in the finalists to, last two years and then to and to win win it this year i was
3: <laughs> well, no, like, I mean, true,
2: true to form well true to form to me yeah yeah you know, i was i was i wasn't at the award show what? i was i was playing a gig right like, in savannah I was at... and uh well i figured i might as well i mean that was playing gigs and being busy was the reason I was in the running, so I might as well That's keep right? doing it. And <laughs> so, of course, I, I had no—I had—I really had no, no expectation at all of, of,
3: right, winning. of winning
2: it. Or I might have, might have made a, a bigger effort to be there. But no. <laughs> so I was—I was about halfway or two thirds of the way through my through my gig, and I got a, a text that said, "Hey, you." You won. (laughs) What?
3: (laughs) Who?
0: Me? What?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Couldn't couldn't believe it. Uh,
0: You work hard.
2: Yeah, it's it's a a great thing. There's some really talented musicians. This Georgia Georgia artists and Georgia has turned out some amazing musicians over the over the years and and. The country music world and and classic rock world and so the georgia country awards does a great job of, of sort of highlighting the the uh independent and local artists around around the state and trying trying to bring them in and and give them a place to play in, in an award show and showcase uh, right. in in the fall of the year and so I, I really, really and truly, it's a it's a it's a voting thing. You know, you, they have multiple rounds of voting, and um, so it's very much a, a people's choice kind of, right? Argument, which which makes it that much more special to to have won it this year. Um, so I, I I finally did because I wasn't at the award show. I finally did get the. The, the little trophy thing. And and I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to take a, a good picture with it and for social media and to, to yeah. so they can post it on their website. So if I just, I want, I want to try to find a, a nice place to take the picture. That's not my living room.
3: Right. But, you know
2: I feel like I can do better than that. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I do need to hustle along, so so uh, sooner rather than later, I'll have a picture up of, of that.
0: That's awesome. Well, congratulations to you, Levi Moore. Well, thank you, well, Levi, it's been uh, great having you on chatting with Nat.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I, I really do appreciate it, and and, and you know I. I well, I'm, well, I have the opportunity. To, I, I owe you a, a big thank you as well, just for your support and encouragement over the years, and and advice with with different things. And I, I really, truly do appreciate it. And thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome. I'm always here, always here for you whenever you need me. Um, and I can't wait to do our Instagram live next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. You'll get to perform a song or two. Well,
1: I'll
2: be ready.
0: You're going to sing something. All right. Well, if anybody <laughs> wants to see or learn more about Levi Moore, you can go to www.levimoremusic.com. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He's on YouTube. He's going to be everywhere. He's not on TikTok. You haven't done TikTok yet. You need to get on TikTok. You can do live uh, on TikTok as uh, well.
2: I, don't to, I I have an. I do, have I have an account, money. but I, I don't use it.
0: You gotta get on there and do something. You don't. You know, it's TikTok is interesting. At first, I didn't want to get on it, and then I I was posting. You know, me singing, or I have my cats on there, or I'm being stupid on there. Um, but <laughs> there are like different things that you can learn on there. Some people do serious stuff. Like, did you know that you could do this? And you're like, what? That's I've been doing this all wrong and stuff like that. Um
4: right, but it,
0: yeah. it just takes a lot of time. It just takes a lot of time and effort and you have to come up with ideas, Lord have mercy. You know, I'll be, yeah. I'll be on my, all the telephone and ideas will come in my I'm like, Okay, let me let me jot this down, let me remember this. Um but yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> it's a great platform. It's
0: it's I mean, crazy. It is
2: awesome I do I, do, I need to work on the Being more active with that, I'm still not much of a a Twitter person, but but I could probably do do a little more with TikTok.
0: It's just that we have to be on every damn platform, so it's annoying. But that's the name of the music game. You have to be seen and heard. (laughs) Oh, my God. We had all the time in the world, but. Thank you again for being on Chatting with Nat. I can't wait to chat with you again next week. um, And I hope you have a wonderful day.
2: Yes, ma'am. You too. Thank you very much again.
0: All right, everybody. That was Levi Moore. Until next time on Chatting with Nat.